Hello and welcome to the Next Game Win podcast. I'm joined today with my colleague Warren, as always, but today we have a special guest, Steve, who is the CEO of simracing.gp. Sim, Sim, Steve, introduce yourself and tell us a little <laughs> bit about you. I am, um, yeah, so um, uh, Steve from simracing.gp, um, <laughs> I'm uh, um, the, the CEO there and um, we're, we're only a small team, so CEO sounds a little bit you know, bigger than it really is that we're only a team of about six um but uh yeah we we have built a uh, an esports platform for sim racing um and for those that don't know what sim racing is it's sort of like virtual motorsport um sort of more like on the realistic side of things rather than sort of like games uh like gran turismo or or forza um so it's more about sort of like the replicating real world motorsport in the virtual space um and uh yeah we've bought, built this tournament platform and um uh it, it's just going quite well uh but before that i've got a background in consumer tech used to work for htc vive the vr headsets which i'm sure you guys know about mm-hmm. um but sim racing has been my my hobby for the last 20 years it's always been a bit of a nerdy hobby actually because having all of this kit especially with friends who like football they always thought that this sort of stuff is really, really nerdy. So it was always trying to keep this out of the way. But actually, yeah. it seems like sim racing and like racing games have become actually quite popular recently. Mm-hmm. So now I've got yeah, I've got my mates who are like Chelsea fans, like Yobs, like texting me <laughs> saying, "Can I come and have a go on your rig?" So it's just uh, it, it's crazy. So yeah, it's great to see like sim racing is actually becoming a bit more of a um, yeah of a, a, a normal thing. <laughs> No, that's sweet. And in terms of sort of um, the level of tournament, then is is it sort of you know a, a big um, big numbers that, that attend these tournaments, or is it you know how does your how does your company work? Do you host it, or do you yeah how do you work really? Yeah, so we've we're basically the idea of sim racing GP is that um, if you're looking for a race, so if you're a driver and you're looking for a race, you can come onto sim racing GP, um, and we've got over 150 communities on there now we've got esports tournaments on there and you'll be able to find a race basically so Mm -hmm. um normally what you would do is you you would load up a game you would go to the in-game lobby browser um Mm -hmm. and then you'd join a public lobby because you know what what other choice have you got um Mm -hmm. and then you may or may not get a good race um there'll definitely be no one looking at it um from a like a stewarding perspective so it can tend to be pretty chaotic uh the public mm-hmm. lobbies um but um uh, what we've done is we've we've built a set of tools for organizers to come and host races on the on the platform so like i say we've got 150 odd communities on there now that uh um they're, they're using the platform to set races up and set championships and tournaments up um for other people so mm-hmm. uh, a couple of the the big communities on there um sim racing 604 is a youtuber um from from canada he's wow. he's got the the biggest um uh north american sim racing community hosted on sim racing gp now um wow. which um it's got like nearly six thousand or over six thousand people in it um and um uh he uses the platform to create these championships for other people to enjoy the the, the grids are really populated and uh, and they do like live stewarding so um, they'll have people in the bra- in the server, not racing, just watching how people mm-hmm. are driving. And if they 
hit someone, they'll be like, right, five second penalty there or disqualification there. So they, wow. they really take it seriously. We've got one community who have got a rule book that's like 20 pages long. Uh, it's like it's like proper motorsport style wow. yeah um uh levels of stewarding so they take it really seriously and and we absolutely love that so there's the the community side of it but then we've got the pro esports as well so we've done i think it's six pro esports championships now where there's um prizes up for grabs and um mm. uh, various brands have got involved so we've had fanatech who uh are, are probably the biggest sim racing uh, manufacturer uh, in fact, actually, you can see just down there some Fanatec pedals. Um, so these guys there, um, the, the the biggest manufacturer in the scene, um, mm -hmm. they've they've done some tournaments on there. Um, but right now we've got the uh, TCR Virtual Series, which is uh, the, the TCR are the guys that do the real world touring car um, uh, racing in, uh, all over the world. So if you're mm -hmm. if you're watching touring car racing, it's nine times out of ten. If I'd say 9.5 times out of 10, it's going mm. to be TCR. And they've chosen Sim Racing GP as the platform to do all of their virtual racing. So we've got um, oh. 8,000 people have taken part in a, um, in a, or, or registered to, to take part in, in TCR virtual. Um, and the, the, the idea um, uh, of Sim Racing GP and e Pro Esports is that we're trying to get away from hot lap qualifying. And hot lap mm. qualifying is basically where you jump onto a server set a hot lap and then come out and whoever's like in the top 40 would normally go into the championship. The problem mm. with that is people like me, I'm really slow. I've got no chance. I like it. Mm. I'll see the pro esports guys on there. I, I would, I wouldn't even bother taking part. So we've built a platform which gets people racing. So we've done like a knockout tournament. Think like FA cup um, style knockout mm. tournaments where it's, yeah. You've got to race the top 50% of the, the finishers go through to the next round. The bottom 50% get knocked out. And it means everyone gets a race, at least one race, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we've uh, we've built a, a, a set of tools that mean that you can, uh, like, if you're a brand or, like, a community or a driver, you're going you're gonna to be able to go on there and, and, and race and have a good time. Sorry, and, and, long uh, answer. No, it's fine. No, it, was, it was brilliant. And, and how have you found that sort of transition over the years and, and people you know the uptake of that because you know esports especially you know from our experience you know early call of duty days early fifa tournament days you know esports wasn't taken very seriously mm. and sort of was seen as a um a bit of a gimmick but recently obviously mm. esports has been going at such a fast speed and, and a certain trajectory so you know has last sort of year, few years just being mental with with the uptake of previous doubters i guess yeah well the the biggest um so so we've only been running for about uh, a year and a half um and it was i think just before covid we were we were talking about um sim racing gp as like an idea mm -hmm. um and um the the biggest problem that we faced was trying to convince motorsport organizations that sim racing was more than a, a computer game. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, that was really difficult, right? Cause if you've, if you've got all of these real world motorsport teams that, are, um, you know, putting millions of pounds into developing mm -hmm. these real world cars, and then you're coming along saying, Hey, we've got this software that costs 50 quid. <laughs> and then um, you can set up a rig this one i mean this rig here is pretty like intense but actually you don't need all of this kit to be quick in a sim 
Um, mm. So you can pay 50 quid for the game, couple of hundred quid for a set of wheels and pedals, plus your computer. And you can start training to be a real world motorsport driver. And yeah. they didn't like that idea that, you know, they, mm. they put millions of pounds into the investments of their like young driver programs and their, their teams and their equipment and cars and stuff. So it was like, they, they never really got it. Um, and then COVID happened and they had yeah. no choice. It was like, but it was just, I was just going to say, do you think COVID had a bit of a helping hand? Massive. It was absolutely yeah. massive because all motorsport got canceled. So what, yeah. what are your options? So mm. either do nothing or, go virtual so everyone went yeah, virtual yeah. and um i think that's when the, the the motorsport community was like okay this is we've actually got to take this seriously because um i shot a video with my mate um uh we went over to bmw uh in munich and he got to he got to drive the uh bmw simulator that they use for the real world testing teams mm-hmm. um and the 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 platform that they use is a software called R Factor 2. And it well, R Factor 2 Pro or R Factor Pro. And the pro bit of that is that there's the real world physics simulation. The graphics aren't that great because the computer's doing so much work on the on the physics engine and, and, and working mm-hmm. out the calculations of the car, the suspension, the aero, all of this stuff. The mm-hmm. the the graphics aren't really that important. It looks all right, it looks okay, but it's not that important. But the pro bit is you can prototype a part in virtual for the wheel, for the real world so you can test like a new rear wing on your car and you can test it in the virtual space and if it looks like the data comes back and and it looks like it could be an improvement they'll make it for the real world car so it just enables rapid prototyping exactly right so rapid really? pro- prototyping 10 years ago was 3d printing and yeah. and like some crazy stuff like that which was really like insanely expensive now they can just go okay 3d design which is still fairly expensive to get someone who can do that. But 3D design, mm. uh, get someone uh, to create this in the virtual space and test it. Um, but the interesting thing is if you remove that pro part of R Factor, you've got the same software that we have on our computers. So yeah. the, the bit that we don't do or we the consumer doesn't have is all of that aero um, and all of the, the data that comes off. So like there was servers, like racks of servers of like capturing all of this data from this um, from this simulator. Um, the, but the consumer version doesn't have all of that because they've no need to rapidly prototype aero parts. No. They just want to have fun racing. But fundamentally, mm-hmm. it's the same software. So the software is really sophisticated. And I think that's when the team started to go, okay, this is serious. These guys aren't just playing games. They, they're using the same software that we've got. And we're spending millions on our on our prototyping and, and simulating so, uh, programs. So, um, yeah, the people started realizing that this is a bit more than just uh, a game, and it's it's just gone crazy since COVID. Now it's uh, that all, every brand on the planet is is looking at esports, like motorsports yeah. brands are looking at esports and how they can get involved. So it's had a huge impact. I guess their eyes have been lit up by the um, by the pure currency of it all as well. I mean, you you know racing and 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 you know uh motorsports is you know it's a exclusive and very unaccessible sport mm. for a lot of people you know it's not like taking a ball onto a park and kicking it about a bit you know you have to go through quite a lot of effort and money to to get to that point so you know being able to as you said buy a couple of bits that are quite inexpensive um you know they must think well you know we can 
go from this many sort of active uh, people in the industry to this yeah. amount who are willing to sort of pay uh, to, to just have a go. So now it's it's you know it's it's just blowing up. Um, yeah. And, and, and this is the thing is that I've, I always say this to my mates who I've got one mate of mine in particular who's like he's still I don't know if he still quite gets what I do <laughs> and he doesn't quite <laughs> understand sim racing and the, the the moment where I think maybe the penny started to drop for him I don't think it's completely dropped for him was I was like look you can you can you can train on sim on the sim racing like for all the reasons I just said about the software um, and with a good set of kit like the inputs that you put into the wheel, like this is a direct drive wheel. This is a SimuCube, um, like top of the range uh, wheelbase. So um, kicks out some sort of ridiculous amount of Newton meters of torque. I don't know. I'm not that technical, but it simulates the forces that a real world driver would would feel. Um, so mm. there's uh, the, the you can't replicate G forces, but you can re replicate sustained g through the wheel um like so so the inputs that you put into the wheel the inputs that you put into the pedals handbrakes and stuff it's mm. it's basically one to one now so you yeah. can really train on here and i was i was saying to him i was like you, you couldn't take the best fifa player on the planet and put them on a football pitch like they would never perform that, that, no. that, that they might by some miracle they might be like as good as a professional footballer Chances are they're mm. probably not. You could take the best sim race racers out of their sim rig, put them in a car, and they're going to have a, a pretty good idea of what's going on. I mean, mm. th this guy here, this is my mate Jimmy. Um, he's, a, he's a YouTuber. Um, and he went from um, control pad to wheel to better and mm. better wheel um, until last year or, or this year, sorry, beginning of this year, Praga, the, the car that he's driving here, Said we want to give you a chance to to race in the real world, and um, uh, gave him a drive, and he won the last race of the season. Wow. Um, so That's he's incredible. yeah, he's like the stories, like his story is absolutely amazing. But it proves that you can take people out of a sim mm. rig, put them yeah. into a car, and they they know what they're doing. So I think the more that that happens, the more that it will be become accepted that sim racing is a good entry point for motorsport. I think it's absolutely a, a really fascinating discussion point that you just mentioned there, because obviously if we if we look at sort of sim racing in under the banner of esports in general, it really is a separate entity. In that, you know, if we look at some of the major games that are you know at the top of many esports leagues, you know, Call of Duty, Fortnite, CS:GO, things like that, um, you know, you I'm generalising and I'm perhaps being a bit unfair, but if you take a typical Call of Duty player and drop them in a war zone, no they'll be able to handle <laughs> yeah uh, handle an assault rifle, you know. And no so it, 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 there is a certain um, head and shoulders above sense of authenticity that that certainly lends itself with with sort of you know obviously having that kind of kit and, and having an indicative idea of of what the the real world experience will look like. And mm. um, I think one question I've got really in in regards to that, obviously. You know the, the competitive nature of, of sort of sim racing do you find that and again this is this is pure naivety on my part but do you find um sort of the the the, the tech that people have at home the rig that they have at home can give them a, an advantage a disadvantage or is it pretty much standard across the board you know do you have to have an expensive wheel and pedals in order to succeed or you know what what are the sort of the intricacies of sort of the different salary uh, you know the different sort of price brackets yeah with sort of kit that you know what is an is what's the difference between an entry level sort of bit of kit and someone who's perhaps got a rig that's you know in the thousands perhaps yeah I, I love this question because um I, I'm glad that um my usual audience won't be 
necessarily tuned into this particular podcast because I say <laughs> this answer a lot. But there's a guy in on Sim Racing GP called Nicolas Alvarado, Argentinian guy. Um, like if even if he wanted to buy a wheel that cost two hundred quid, he couldn't because the import taxes were so insane. It because like a two hundred mm. wheel was costing like over thirteen hundred quid. It's like it was insane. Jesus. Um, so he was using mouse and keyboard and he was one of the quickest guys <laughs> on the platform. And it was like, what the hell? This like when we found out that this guy was using mouse and keyboard, we were like, you, you've got to be kidding me. And I, th I think like the community that he was racing with clubbed together to buy him a wheel and oh. um, they sent it over to him. And uh, obviously he was very grateful, but he continued to be quick when he got the, the wheel and pedals. So he's just yeah. naturally like understands how this stuff works. But that is... That's the answer, right? He had a potato PC with a mouse and keyboard <laughs> and was one of the quickest guys on the platform. Yeah, um, he was licking people. Yeah, really, and it was it's insane. <laughs> like he's now um like a proper esports driver. Like that, that's right. like the he he's that sort of level. Um but um the 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 thing with the kit is it's designed to like increase immersion rather than give you an advantage um right. so you can spend um like this rig here i think i've worked it out the other day i think cost about 10 grand i'm one of the slowest on the platform but yeah. i definitely have the most fun because like i say the 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 inputs that i get from the wheel the pedals that i've got the, the pedals that I, i've got here are a set of they're called venom they're a new new brand but they've taken real world pedal technology and put it into essentially a game controller um but it, it's got a, a what's called a, a 100 kilo uh, load cell which is about if you imagine a formula one car uh, i think they could you, you, the maximum level of force that you can put on a brake pedal is 120 kilos so this is this is nearly the same as an f1 car that you have to put that sort of level of force it's like a workout for your leg again like does it make you quicker maybe but it's just more fun. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you can you can get a Logitech wheel for a couple of hundred quid and be rapid and have a, and have a lot of fun. Um, it, this the, uh, just spending more just gives you um, a, a more immersive experience. How, there there is one thing where I do think it makes you quicker is with the, with a direct drive wheel which I've got here um, versus a belt drive which is what, what you would find with a Logitech or a Thrustmaster that you might get from like Curry's or something is that. Um, the, the 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 sort of level of detail of the movements it, that it gives you through the wheel are so precise that you can be more consistent and mm. consistency over sort of like a well like some of the races we do 24 hour races right so consistency over 24 hours will make you quicker so yeah. it's it's not like you're going to get seconds and seconds out of these things but there there is that element where if you if you can be more consistent over a, a period of time inevitably it will make you quicker but it's like what uh, they say in boxing and it? it's better to be accurate than quick yeah exactly exactly but hopefully that answers the question you don't need to spend thousands of pounds to get into sim racing it's uh it is quite accessible i bet this it's easier to sort of sorry go on warren no no i was going to say this is exactly it I, th I think you know for someone who is perhaps um considering dabbling uh the trap that he's easily fallen into is oh i'm gonna to have to you know sell a kidney to sort of set up my rig <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but it, it is nice to sort of have that reassurance that in some respects it is you know 
it's, it's easily sort of entered into in that regard. Yeah, I mean, you can literally go down to Curry's now. I was in Curry's the other day, bought this headset. I was, didn't have a headset. I was like, I need to get one. So hmm. I went into Curry's, bought a headset, and um, uh, I, I, they've got a whole sim racing section now. And it's right. like, that's that's pretty amazing. Like Again, like 10 years ago, it would never have happened. They've got like no. Logitech wheels, Thrustmaster wheels, starting from, I think, about 40 quid, 40, 50 quid. Um, don't get me wrong, it's not going to give you all the sort of force feedback that you'd probably want, but uh, it, it's it's better than a control pad and it's better than a keyboard and mouse. So yeah. I would definitely say if, if you've got any any sort of desire to to give this a go, don't go in and, and spend hundreds of pounds off the bat because it's it it's it's hard it's like you know to to this stuff these games they're they're unforgiving right and it's not for mm. everyone so so a lot of people sort of come in they try it and they go they're expecting maybe like a forza five like horizon sort of experience where it's just like pick up a gamepad and go and and you're gonna have fun mm. it, it's not that you need you need to put in a bit of practice i mean just before we got on this call i was like we're just setting up the the camera um and I just had to go on the new rally game, the WRC rally game. And it's like, you if you're not concentrating, it's like, forget <laughs> it. Like, I was like, my mind was on other things. I was like, oh, I've, I've got the, the podcast today. I've got this call. I've got that. I've got this thing. And I was like, I was crashing. Every, if you're not concentrating in these games, mm. they're just like, it's it's not fun. <laughs> but but that's I, what makes it fun. I did a um, sort of 4D rally experience um, in Leeds, funnily enough. And... Um, yeah, it was the full sort of rig um, and with, with a sort of HTC headset on. And um, I was doing it with a lad who didn't have a driver's license, has never driven before. And I was saying, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll beat you, mate. I'll absolutely uh, batter you at it, you know, thinking, because I've got a license, I'll be able to translate that really easy onto the um, onto the racing game. And he just absolutely battered me at it. I, <laughs> just, I was going around in circles. I had to reverse. I was like, this is far too hard. Yeah, uh, it's... but yeah, but it was incredible that sort of because they they had the sort of rumble, um, they had the wind, and then mm. they had the sort of uh, reactive steering wheel and all that kind of stuff as well. It was kind of crazy. The um the 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 VR is like takes sim racing to another another level. It's just yeah. everyone's sat in a car, right? And the thing with VR is like you know if you think about like um uh I can't think of I used to work for HTC and I can't think of any sort of like massive. Uh, VR games, but um, Blood and it... Truth. Say again. There's a title called Blood and Truth that me and Warren love. Okay, it's... and what what is that? It's uh, you ever played? Um, go on, The Getaway. You ever played The Getaway? On the it's like a L- London gangster sort yeah. of heist. Oh, so, uh, hyper realistic sort of gangster shoot them up kind of. Title. Okay, so it's like a real world sort of environment. Yeah, sort of thing. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking more along the lines of like like the, the zombie games and like um, right. uh, Beat Saber and stuff like that, right? Mm. So, um, you know, it's kind of like when when people put a VR headset on and they go into those games, they have a lot of fun. Um, but um, you know, like Beat Saber is like an unnatural environment. You've got things flying at you. You've got these things. Everyone's been in a car. When you put a VR headset on and you can feel the the wheel in front of you and you're sat in your rig and you're looking around and you can see the the windows and you can see the handbrake and stuff, <laughs> it's like it, that's an f- experience that everyone has it can relate to and they're like, oh my god, this is crazy. Um, and again, when you start racing with it, it's just like the immersion levels just go through the roof. And I, I remember the first time that I properly tried VR with with sim racing, I, I binned it 
at some corner in some track <laughs> and I took my hands off the wheels uh, off the yeah. wheel and I was like oh god and I was really bracing for this impact that obviously never came but it was yeah. like that that's the level of immersion that that VR gives you and and with the again all of these inputs and stuff it's quite easy to get very lost in that in that world I think it's quite I can say I think there's quite an interesting discussion point that you've just mentioned there Paul that you know someone such as yourself with a driving license was beaten by someone without a driving license who I'm guessing would have had previous sort of video game PC sort of gaming experience and it sort of reminds me of a quote from many many years ago I think it was when I was a teenager and I remember reading it because my uh, my parents were sort of sort of taking the mick out of me for it it was um people who played racing video games and we're going back 20 plus years but people who played racing video games will grow up to be bad drivers and it was one of these knee-jerk <laughs> newspaper you know like and i think at the time don't get me wrong i think i was playing driver or even road rash prior to that you know we're, we're talking there the games of the of the era but you sort of you know flash uh, flash Flash forward, flash forward, um, sort of twenty years, and you know we, we're now looking at people where the level of immersion and authenticity is so great that that skill set can be accurately transposed across. And I think Definitely. one question that absolutely springs to mind with me is, yes, absolutely, we're here to discuss the competitive nature of it, and you know the the esport um, sort of you know thematic usage of it. Can it be applied in other ways? Do you think can it be used? You know, at the early stages of someone's driving lessons. Absolutely. I'll give you one example. Um, this is from 2005, I think it was. I was driving a um, a Vauxhall Corsa. Um, it was pouring down with rain. I wasn't paying much attention. Looked looked up and there's a car about, I don't know, however many feet in front of me. And I'm like, okay, didn't even think about it. Oh my God wheel still on <laughs> turn, turn the wheel i missed this car by by inches and that was all like those reflexes what to do with the car at the time it was like that all was learned through sim racing so hmm. um again i didn't have this sort of kit back then i only had like a really basic sort of um self-centering logitech wheel um but it was it was just instinct because the physics engines in the in the hmm. sims even back then um were good enough to, that I could actually learn some car handling techniques, right? So I knew that mm. if I turn the car really sharply like that, that the back is going to follow it later, and I'm going to have to counter steer it. And it, and I corrected yeah. it. I was just like, like th that was the moment I was like, my God, this stuff is actually, this stuff's actually really good. Um, but yeah, look, you can, um, you don't have to race with with sim yeah. racing. There's um mm. a lot of open world uh, maps, um. Assetto Corsa is probably the the biggest sim racing title on PC, um, where there's you know people modify that game um, with open world maps like hundreds of kilometers square kilometers of of just open world where you can literally just go and learn to drive. Again, yeah. like, if you think about all of the inputs are exactly the same. So I've got yeah. a, a set of three pedals here: clutch, brake, and accelerator. I can set it all up exactly as it's just like if if. You know, when my son's old enough to, to learn driving, I'll just put him in here and say, hey, right, okay, let me tell you, tell you the basics in here. Because you yeah, can yeah. like feel the, the biting point on, on, the, on the car with some pedals because it's got like wow. uh, haptic feedback in the pedals and stuff. So cool. you can feel things like that. So yeah, absolutely can translate that stuff into real world driving. Cool. It, it's amazing as well as like, I, I, I've watched quite a bit of um, Euro Truck Simulator Mm. Uh, on Twitch, and it's it's outstanding how people are willing to sit for 
hours and hours on end driving a simulated truck yeah. from Antwerp to Brighton. Um, uh, mate, I, 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 mental. I, 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 can you give me two seconds? Because I've got some stats on Euro Truck Simulator, which just blew my <laughs> yeah. mind. Yeah, um, go for it. Because obviously we're we're in this sim racing bubble. We think, oh yeah, everyone's going to want to race. Everyone's uh, uh, in it for to, to be the fastest esports driver. It's like, nah, forget it. So the um, <laughs> Assetto Corsa, like I say, the the biggest sim racing title on PC. Um, these are just Steam Steam stats. Um, Twenty four hour peak, six thousand players. Assetto Corsa Competizione, which is the new version of Assetto Corsa, uh, four thousand. Um, blah blah blah. You go through like F one eleven thousand, Euro Truck Simulator thirty seven thousand, <laughs> Forza Horizon five is right. Okay, so Euro Truck Simulator thirty seven thousand six hundred thirty five, Forza Horizon five thirty seven thousand nine hundred twenty four. Euro Truck Simulator is really popular, really yeah. popular. That's I crazy, never knew that. Crazy. I'm missing I've seen, out. <laughs> I've seen as well as that they're um they're starting to create sort of um you know like I don't know what you call it like rigs for um like farm simulator and things like that yeah. as well that's becoming like massively popular <laughs> as well. It's just amazing how just much the whole dash are... of a combine harvester. Yeah, yeah I think they can do them right. I think they exist. I think they exist. I, I was at Gamescom a couple of years ago and um I was just blown away. Like the I was with Vive again. Um, we didn't even have a stand because we couldn't afford it. Um, mm. So we would partnered with um, various people like Media Marked and whoever. Um, so there was loads of Vive at the show, but we didn't have our own stand because we couldn't afford it. Walked into one of the halls. The second biggest stand in that hall was um, uh, Euro Truck Simulator. And I was like, yeah. what the hell is going on? And like Farming Simulator, same, same guys. And it's just like, yeah, th those, those games are really popular. You've got lawnmower simulator as well now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For the winter, for the winter seasons, if you want to cut your grass in the winter. <laughs> Name a simulator that there isn't at the moment, though. There seems to I be a simulator they, for everything. They went through it, it was sort of that uh 2016, 17, 18 period where yeah, everything was just being simulated. Mm. It was I was going to say I was going to jokingly reply with goats, but yeah, yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But in terms of sort of um, you know the esports scene, then I mean, do you sort of do these tournaments? Do you sort of um, you know put them on Twitch and what's the sort of viewership like for these kind of things? Yeah, so um, esports is a funny one. Um, I'm still in in two minds about esports and and motorsport. I think um, like obviously esports pros, esports teams will say that I'm I've got this wrong, but hmm. um, motorsport is fairly niche, right? Outside hmm. of Formula One, motorsport is you know you've got to really be into motorsport to watch anything outside of Formula One. I mean, I'm a huge motorsport fan. And I mean, I couldn't tell you what the championship status is of near enough any uh, motorsport formula outside of Formula One. And I'm a huge motorsport mm. fan. So mm. like for you to be like really engaged in a championship like the World GT Challenge, which is like all Porsches, Ferraris, Lamborghinis and stuff, like you've got to really be into it. Um, and the problem with that is that, I mean, like, look at the race, the F1 race at the weekend is that, you know, the best drivers in the world, in the best cars in the world, the race was boring. And mm. it's like, 
when the when the F one race is boring, it's like oh, it's a little bit of a little bit of a chore. Mm. We're simulating real world motorsport, right? So if a simulated race gets boring, it's like it's even worse. <laughs> so it's like this is where I think it's like the viewership is. I think there is there's definitely a a a, 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 a dedicated following in motorsport esport, but I think it's largely driven by the people involved. So mm. um, the prize money that the, the, the maximum prize money that I've seen is twenty five grand for uh, a motorsport esports um, competition. Wow. So it's quite it's, low, isn't it? It's really, I mean, it's terribly low compared to like you know three point like, five million for Fortnite, that kind of thing. Exactly right. But the thing is, it's like uh, that the viewership. Like, so for example, we did a ten hour race at Silverstone. Um, uh the other day um and we got 120,000 views i think it was which it's all right it's okay mm. but it's again like why would a brand spend mm. millions of quid for 120k and we we've got one of the like the i'd say when it comes to esports broadcasting we've probably got one of the the biggest um reach uh, it, it like you know we we partner with people like ferrari and uh, SRO, the guys who do um, World Challenge, uh, like last couple of years, not this year, but last couple of years, um, that they'll come to us and say, "Look, can you broadcast our race for us?" Because the the reach that we have, um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, we're talking about twenty five grand for the winner, so it's like yeah. you know, it's 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 not huge. The thing is, you know, the like I say, the esports teams, esports pros will say it's only gonna get bigger. And I, I can see it getting bigger, but I'm just wondering mm. at what point, like, you know, these investments, are they going to carry on coming in? So um, the likes of, uh, like, you know, uh, these big brands putting in um, hundreds of thousands of pounds for their for their esports tournament. Um, are they going to keep doing that um, is the question that I've got at the moment. Um, I think it will personally, I think it will level out. I think it will be a, mm. a case of... Um, We'll, we'll understand that it was never going to reach the likes of like Call of Duty and like uh, Fortnite and stuff. I think we think that we have to, have, or I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think we're going to sit just below that. Um, but I think it's going to be rather than um, uh, largely driven by uh, the people involved, I think it's going to be driven by the, the motorsport community. Um, so, for example, um, F1. Uh, their their esports they've got huge reach with their YouTube channel. They they mm. that's probably the best um, uh, esports motorsport esports competition. But that's again that's largely driven by the mo uh, the F one community right the F one um, coverage. So I think outside of F one, uh, the next best or the next biggest one would be um, the Le Mans virtual series, and that that's like millions of pounds of investment have gone into Le Mans virtual. And um, I think they got like thirteen thousand views in their last last race. So it's like, wow. I, I just wonder at what point they're gonna. Uh, it, it's either gonna boom or it's gonna just we're gonna level out and go. Okay, look, we we appreciate this is still gonna be quite niche for people. But do you know I see some like do you know Summit Summit One G? No, uh, Twitch streamer. It's got like six million followers on Twitch. He's just okay. like getting into to sim racing. And I'm like, mm, okay, but maybe, maybe, I've, maybe I've got this wrong. <laughs> maybe this is going to be bigger than I thought. But it's. I was uh, just going to say, yeah. I was just going to say, like, do you think it's it's about sort of carving out a new audience rather than relying on a previous one? You know, because you know, F1 um, and motorsports in general has never been something that 
has been a massive interest to me because it's not something, as I said earlier, you can't take, you can't go out and spin your car around a mm. car park, you know, because you don't get the same sort of thing. Yeah. So it's not very accessible, but now it's becoming more accessible. Do you think that that sort of community will just flourish and grow, especially with things like Twitch and the sort of reach that some of these people have bringing new people into the into the community? Yeah, I, I think it is going to be a new audience. And I think this is where, right, okay, just to sort of um, clarify my point is that I think a lot of these brands are coming into motorsport esports under the esports umbrella thinking, this is going to be as big as Call of Duty because it's esports. Yeah. Hmm. And I don't think it's like that. I think it's like, okay, look, this is, yes, it's esports and it's probably the most realistic esports that you can get, but it's, um, but the, the, the audience isn't gamers. The audience are motorsport fans. Like hmm. I would say 90% of the, uh, the sim racing audience are motorsport fans first. They're failed yeah. racing drivers. Like I, I'm a, I, I, I wanted to be a <laughs> racing driver. Didn't have the money. Started sim racing. Right. That is. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't have any other games on my PC. They're all sim racing. And um, I think that's where maybe some brands have misunderstood this market, uh, where mm. they've 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 just gone. Oh yeah, esports buzzword. Um, what can we get involved mm. in? Okay, let, let, let's put a load of money into uh, into sim racing. It's like it's still like sim racing as an industry is really young right so mm. it's probably like i don't know 20 years 20 years old something like that and um uh the 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 esports element of it is you know even younger still and it's only mm. just started to to sort of uh, get gain some traction whereas you know you're talking about millions of pounds worth of prize money with with uh, existing esports so i think there's a, a lot of brands that have hoped that sim racing esports would return the sort of investment that they'd get from putting into uh, like a Call of Duty tournament or a Fortnite tournament. It's just, it's just not yeah. there yet. It's not there yet. We need no. to, we need to develop that audience and and um, start engaging, t- doing better at telling the stories of like the the heroes and the the um, uh, in the in the tournaments and stuff. We we don't do a very good job of that in the in the sim racing um, industry, I don't think. And um, yeah, I think it's going to take a bit of time, but it's definitely it needs to be a new audience. I was just, just going to say, inevitably, as time progresses, as you know, as you said, because it is as an entity, it is comparatively significantly younger than some of the other, you know, major esports sort of mm. titles and, and platforms that you mentioned. Um, you know, as you were saying, then I was just thinking the importance of, as you say, you know, um, sharing as many case studies as you can, sharing as many success stories as you can, and inevitably, as time progresses, people will become more aware to how incredibly accessible it will increasingly become. Um, you know looking back to you know things like call of duty i know we've mentioned it a lot but it is purely something that people have used as a means of escapism and people have got quite good at it and thought oh actually i can almost monetize this i can add that competitive element to this but it's almost unfair to give digital motorsport that esport sort of label from the off because it almost gives this muddied perception of what exactly it is because as yeah. we said earlier digital motorsport in many instances is a viable digital training platform as well as a form of escapism and so it's it is its separate beast altogether and that being combined with it being quite comparatively young 
there's only you know the, the foundations are there but it just needs time as you say to be embedded to establish its key characters yeah. to establish its mass market awareness um but it's it'll it's sort of definitely on its way there isn't it oh definitely i mean my my nephew he's 14 years old and he's a big fan of a guy called Jano Op- Opmir who is a f1 esports driver and um so there it's definitely it's 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 on its way um i yeah. i suppose my point is i just need to um i just want i just i'm not i'm not sure whether we're ever going to reach those levels of like the the call of duties and stuff we we might do we might do i mean there's some really interesting projects coming up next year which um which could be um uh another indicator whether this is you know where which direction this this digital motorsport stuff's going to go um but I mean, I take nothing away from the the guys who are the esports pros. There, I mean, they're putting in as, as much work as like the Fortnite mm. guys, and you know, they're mm. training eight hours a day, just like those those guys, working incredibly hard. I mean, um, they they look they approach this stuff in a in a different way, and um, uh, to like the the general user. I drive these cars like they're real world cars. They drive it to like eke out every hundred thousandth of a second per lap hmm. and if that means doing stuff which a gamer might do but a, a motorsport fan might not they're the level of like you know that's the level of difference between these guys but hmm. they um uh they, they are entertaining to watch and um they they are uh in like, like i say they're, they're, we're still trying to find who these who these people are and we're just starting to see some of these guys uh like come through but it's gonna it's gonna take time yeah do you think that <clears throat> do you think that sort of um motorsports you know have to do a little bit more in terms of trying to soften that learning curve as well because you know as someone who the pick up and play ability of a call of duty in a fortnight you know as a as someone who hasn't ever really taken part in anything competitive when it comes to racing you know you can quickly become intimidated by the sort of scope of it and the knowledge that you would require to, of it so do yeah. you think that there's some more you know, because it can seem quite intensely, you know, um, you know. I think I think for a long time it, it's it's seemed quite out of many people's reach. Yeah, and I think it's. I think, yeah, and I think it, like you say, I think as time goes on, people will start to realise that actually the reach is probably there. Yeah, I think the 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 uh, to answer your question, Paul, around sort of like could brands do more? I think I think they they probably could. Um, but there is, there's at this point, there's definitely an, a, a certain amount of assumed knowledge. Um, mm. So, like for example, um, Assetto Corsa Competizione is probably the, it, it, I would say it's the best um, simulator for um, supercars. So, like GT supercars, um, it's incredible, like absolutely amazing mm. title. Um, but if you wanted to get into a community and start racing like competitively with like not like esports levels but just competitive competitively with other people um yeah i, w- I wouldn't be surprised if you got lost like i say a, a 20 page rule book for for one community it's like yeah yeah that's it turns no... a lot of people off wouldn't it yeah exactly it, c- it can get a lot quite serious I was, I was actually speaking to my mate the other day um convinced him to get a wheel um and he started racing he did one season um, and he, I, I spoke to him just the other day, and I was like, uh, why, why, "Why did you stop racing?" He's like, "I'm intimidated. It's just like there's, mm. the, I don't know how to set up the car. I don't know because setups are a thing. You have to, mm. you have to know about engineering, about what mm, tire right. pressures do to your car, how or anti roll bars and camber. Of you, you have to have a bit of an idea about how that stuff works. 
you can hmm. like i do just click drive and, and and race and and have a good time you can do that but if you want to be quick if you want to be at the front of the the, the pack you have to you have to go and do a bit of learning about how to set up a car yeah. it can get it can get intimidating and i think that's where um actually we used to do a better job of it back in the day than we do now there was a, a game called gtr2 which came with a, a driving school so you would hmm. the, the first thing you would do is when you turn the game on it'd be like right have you do you know about this stuff or do you not okay i don't okay right let's go into the driving school here's what a racing line is here's what to do here here's what to do there this is what to, and then the the manual that came with it was a, a big book which told you about the engineering if you change this thing on your car this you will have this effect it's like great nowadays assetto corsa competizione the best um gt car simulator that's ever been buy it on steam and away you go it's like yeah it's not, it's well this really is it right the, the closest thing i can sort of um think of to that is my attempts at playing Fortnite, and obviously Fortnite is arguably the largest esport uh, sort of title in the world. And, you know, particularly their building mechanism, you know, if you don't know how to build, you're going to be rubbish at that game. And there is a quite a steep learning curve there with it. And, you know, I think games like Fortnite do really well about catering to the masses a little bit, because if you just want to go on and you just want to, burn a couple hours and play you don't need to know how to be a massive builder but if you want to really put the time in and sort of learn that um you know you can do but when i first started playing it and trying to learn about it there was so much sort of snobbery around it of like you know you need to do this and and you sort of end up getting turned off a little bit the thing is though i i, I yeah and i could say exactly everything that i've just said about sim racing i could say about hmm call of duty because yeah you know, I, i've never got mm. into call of duty uh, because maybe because i don't have the like the passing interest in in that sort of um like that Shit type people. of that type of yeah in that type of game and <laughs> the, like, like guns and stuff it's like it's never really appealed to me so every yeah, time no, i've picked that. up like um call of duty outside of maybe like a, an offline mode where it, you know you can dumb down the experience as much as you want like if ever i've gone online i've been like, or, or played with mates or whatever um mm. It's just been a case of like into the lobby, dead. Okay, right, start again. Into the okay. And how do you know what? I've had enough of yeah. it. It's like I can yeah. I can imagine sim racing being the same. There's, I mean, the the other good thing to say is that there is there are amazing content creators in in sim racing. Um, like Chris Hay, for example, he's a YouTuber that uh, does incredible uh, content around how to set up cars. Um, talks about like the nuances of like the of the different games. There's loads of content that you can find out there to if you did want to get involved in it. So. Uh, it's not like you're completely left out to dry, but again, it's like you say, if you wanna if you wanna learn it, you 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 can, but you you have to yeah. put the work in. Which is kind of crazy, isn't it, when you think about it? It's like you have to put the work in to enjoy your to play a game. game. <laughs> well that's the difference, isn't it? it? It's it's not for it's almost as if it's not for an entertainment purpose. It's it's for a competitive oh. and a love for it, rather where other things are just for pure entertainment purposes. Mate, like I just say, to keep you occupied for a few hours. The, the, this that rally game that I was telling you about. It's it's if you're not concentrating, you're going to have a bad time. I was I was playing it last night, and um, like the the rally is sort of like I don't know, twelve stages or something like that. Um, and I damaged the car on stage four, so I had like like eight more stages of just 
boring. Like I was like, oh my god, I've got I've just got to get this car home. It wasn't it wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> I was just like, this is really really boring. But that's kind of like the realism of it is that you have to, yeah. you, you know, that it's uh, you have to put a, a bit of uh, uh, concentration and uh, and love into it because otherwise it's uh, it it just like if you're not if you're like say not concentrating or you're not on your on your a game it can be it can be like a not a very nice experience but when it's good it's amazing do you mm. sort of see a, a time where you know maybe a brand or a studio or someone sort of puts two and two together where you know because uh things like rocket league are just huge in the esports mm. scene huge on things like twitch as well and do you think there'll ever be a time where they sort of combine the both and make try to make it more sort of flashy and, and more entertainment and maybe makes dull it down a little bit at any point yeah well we've uh we've got a a, a a new brand in the industry called um motorsport games um they're part of the motorsport network which are the probably the biggest motorsport uh, media network on the planet um are they part they... owned by an f1 driver i don't think so or something like that i'm not i'm not sure i'm not sure but they i wouldn't be surprised they're like the the guy who who runs it's a billionaire he's putting a lot of money into this stuff so um motorsport games um have just gone public on the stock exchange as well so they're um uh they're they're a you know big big player in the industry um uh and they've released their first game under their new um uh uh brand of motorsport games if you like they just released nascar uh, ignition um and that's our first glimpse into what they might do in the future so they've just got the um the le mans indycar um btcc which is british touring cars um and, and maybe a couple more licenses so like some big licenses which people have got a lot of he- expectations for they've just released nascar um uh, uh ignition 21 and that is using the physics engine from R Factor, which I was talking about earlier. So, yeah. in principle, like fundamentally, it's it's like a it's a proper sim, like under the mm. hood. But they've they've tried to dial it back. They've tried to sort of dial it back so it's accessible to the average person just to pick up a gamepad and and go, um, yeah. which is which is kind of interesting. So, um, I think, and, and they've put a lot of work into the sort of the um, like the off track experience so it's not all mm. about like on track so there's like you you're, you're holding your ipad in your car and you're making decisions and you've got your uh engineer talking to you through the window who's become a bit of a meme because they executed that really badly but it's you know they're thinking <laughs> they're thinking about that stuff um it, it goes without saying that the sim racing community haven't liked it they've mm. they've really it, it's been like it's it's got some of the worst reviews of any sim racing game because they've tried to dumb it down we're we're like the the hardcore sim races the people that have spent we, we haven't we haven't spent 10 grand on our rigs to be to have this stuff dumbed down mm. i think yeah. um you know we're, I, I i complained to the guys at the the creators of the rally sim um you, you can throw your car, car off a cliff and you you get respawned on track with a five second penalty it's like no that should be the end of my rally. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's annoying. Yes, it's a, a, a boring experience in that I'm not racing. But that's that's the that's the real that's yeah. the, le- <laughs> the level of authenticity you want. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. So 
but it's 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 interesting. So I think there's other um, there are brands that are out there that are looking at that sort of exactly that sort of thing is how can they make this more accessible for for people and Mario Kart esports. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but this is the thing that that I I, I again like, I I don't know if like <laughs> the esports teams or whatever probably think I'm mad saying this stuff, but the the best esports like for racing esports that I'm aware of is Trackmania. Um, are you familiar with Trackmania? I love Trackmania. Yeah. I like that for me is built for esports. That is like it's just <laughs> yeah. like high intensity precision. Like it, it's just you know you it's it's not based in the real world. I think it's built for for, for esports that game. I'm going to say when you see someone who's very very good at Trackmania, it is <laughs> just jaw droppingly mesmerizing. Yeah, uh, and it really puts me to shame. Uh, uh, do, but, do you play uh, it? Uh, marginally, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you see some of those things that those guys are doing, and you're like, uh, Paul, are you familiar with Trackmania? Track vaguely, I've never, yeah, very vaguely. It's basically, like, imagine like a, a, a track within a stadium, um, and it's uh, it's, it's you've got to get to the whoever gets to the finish line first wins, obviously, but it's like a timed thing rather than like overtaking and stuff. Um, but the track can do loop the loops and all sorts. But you see these guys; they're like they're finding yeah, shortcuts. I've just googled where, it. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's crazy. But they're they're flying off parts of the track which aren't you thinking? What the hell's he done there? Clip the mm. rear wheel and tap the front wing, and he's doing all sorts of flips. To and you're like, what the <laughs> hell? This is just bonkers. But again, I think that's that's made for esports. And I think that, that this is the like I say, the problem that we're always going to face with. Um, uh, with motorsports, esports, in its current state, is that um, you know we can we can spend thousands of pounds like on a beautiful studio and presenters and whatever, but if you get like one guy that just drives off from start to finish, it's like that's what happens in mm. real world motorsport. That can be quite boring, but um, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't know. I think sim racing. I think the esports in sim racing will will inevitably get a lot bigger than what it is. I just uh, yeah, I don't know if it's ever gonna get ever gonna get to that level of. Um, like Do you really want it to though? That's the that's the question. Do you think the community would want it would want it to get to that level? I'd love it to. I, I I'm a sim racer like through and through, and mm. if we had that sort of level of um, uh, prize money, competition, exposure, mm. and and stuff, I think that would be, you know, it'd be fantastic. Um, I think I think it. Uh, I'm just I'm just trying to think if it, if it if it could happen. And I think you know we're gonna we're only we're only gonna know like in the next sort of like ten years if people are really gonna adopt it. But um, uh, it's, it's like you say, if there are indeed studios that are, you know, for lack of a better term, they're they're effectively experimenting with various titles that are dumbing down, as you say, mm-hmm. um, and you know the the resultant sort of uh, you know the result of that is that some of the for lack of a better word term elitists or purists are <clears throat> sort of reacting not in the most positive of ways um, it, I suppose it can be a little bit tricky because you know like you say the, you want to increase that mass market appeal you want to increase the number of eyes that are on this as a as a plat, as a viable platform and it's obviously now being proven that if you release something which is in any way seen as a compromise that there's a bit of, of, of an, an, an inevitable sort of backlash to that and so there, there's absolutely a bit of a, a a tightrope to, to sort of to, you know to walk with that one. There has to be a, a bit of a juggle to sort of be had with it. Yeah. Um exactly. And I think the um 
the 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 problem we've got is people like Max Verstappen, who are like you know he's probably a, he's probably going to win the F1 drivers world title mm. this year. Um, came out and publicly criticised the F1 game for being like basically just so unrealistic. Um, and um, it's like it simulates the motorsport experience quite well in that it's like you know the 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 weekend and stuff like that. But mm. actually, from a driving perspective, it's really it's really dumbed down for like control console players and stuff like you know like again like my nephews maybe like uh, like 10 at the time when they he started getting into those games like it's, it's got to be accessible for those players as well as people like like this um and and people like max verstappen coming out and saying i'm never playing that game again because it's like just it, it's not realistic doesn't yeah doesn't do anything you know doesn't do it any favors it doesn't do it like the the industry any favors but it's, it's uh... a, i'm gonna say it's a tricky one because then it you know it, it very much comes down to the definition of a game mm-hmm. yeah um, you know because by its very nature surely it is a, a sense of enjoyment it is a sense of escapism uh, you know and oh, in, in a... some very few instances there is a, a a few people out there that do want that authentic similarity sort of experience Mate, but is, it has to have that mass market appeal doesn't it this is a can of worms that you've just opened in in the sim racing <laughs> industry is uh we we have like uh names for for these games that are basically like based in real world um but they're like dumbed down which would they call them like simcade for like like you have like yeah. arcade which would be like mm-hmm. uh forza horizon um yeah. then you'd have simcade which is something like the nascar or the f1 games where it's like it's trying to replicate real world stuff but actually has to be done down and then you've yeah. got like really like hardcore simulation like r factor or acc or something like that um they all I, I don't get me wrong i i i love all of those types of games like even like the forza horizons pick up and play just just to yeah. chill out just to have a little bit of fun and like, i love that and i love that they're the entry point for lots of people i am um, uh, I use the analogy of like music, um, and I say that like we are the weird underground electronic like techno like stuff that only like a handful of people like. Forza Horizons like your pop music, like that's mm. where you might hear like a, a pop record, which is like, like David Guetta or something. You go, oh, I quite like that. What's that? It's house music, and then you get into house music or whatever, and slightly more popular, and then you get into a Simcade like an F1 title. And then you're like, I just want a little bit more realism. And then you get into like your really weird underground, yeah. like niche stuff or, or like the hardcore sims. So it's, um, yeah, I think it, I, I think there's a place for all of these games. I just think mm-hmm. that if, if the big licenses, um, if they all go down that Simcade route, um, yeah. it's, it's going to be a question of what, what's, where, where's the real world simulation going to come from? I, I, it's going to be an interesting 10 years, I think. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason that you watch eSports, isn't it? You you watch eSports to watch the best of the best do mm. things that you just cannot do. Yeah. And then you go back to your game and you try and emulate it and then you go back and watch them. I mean, you, you go through that cycle over and over and over. So, you know, if stepping your way from, you know, these slightly more dumbed down games on your road to that much more uh, realistic uh, endpoint, um, but but this is the thing, right? If you actually watch an F one esports race, like they're they're incredibly entertaining, because mm. they're the guys, like you say, they're the best of the best. They're the best on the planet. They're the, the best twenty F one esports drivers you could you can find, and um, and the whole grid is like separated between like a second at most, which is just 
bonkers, right? In the mm. in the real world, it's sort of like three or four seconds. There's differences between the cars and whatever. But in in the esports, they're all the same physics and all the basically they drive the same. Um, but they 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 are so close that the racing's actually in a lot of cases actually better than the actual real F1 because they're so close together. But mm. you can get those processions where it is just like they are just following each other and they don't make mistakes. And there's you know. It's yeah. the, you do get that, but the the racing can be really entertaining. But um, but again, it's sort of uh, trying to get sort of the credibility in the in the industry again, like this. And this is the problem, like that Max Verstappen um, uh, quote of "I'm never going to play this game again. It's too unrealistic." Like that was that was on BBC News and stuff, and it's like, wow, man, hmm. that that doesn't do the uh, that doesn't do the uh, the industry any 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 favors. Just being interrupted by my son. Yeah, what I was saying was, uh, yeah. So that that um, quote from Max Verstappen, um, saying that he wouldn't he wouldn't want to play the F one game again, that went on all like uh, BBC News and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's uh, it, it, when you're trying to build an industry with credibility, like in in the in the sim racing industry, everyone knew what he meant. Everyone knew like, yeah, that's a fair comment. It's like you know he he's dro- he's gone into that event thinking that the car is going to sort of replicate what the real world cars do and it didn't and he yeah. it, it meant that he was not at the front and he was angry because he wants to win because he's a winner <laughs> and it's like yeah. that's that's fine right I, I get that but um at the same time it's uh you, th- that that headline is seen around the world as um mm. the sim racing still just a game and it's like ah there's yeah. there's so much more to that interestingly enough Max Verstappen plays a lot of sims. Like he's a he's an incredibly fast sim racer as well. Um, and um, he could be a if if he wasn't an F one driver, could be an a, an esports driver for sure because he's that quick in in esports as well. But um, he he races a lot of sims. He races a lot of right. them. so it's like you know that that bit gets left out. The the headline of mm. the games aren't good enough gets the yeah. gets like transmitted around the world. Yeah, it's such a shame, isn't it? It's like video games are just toys. That, yeah, yeah, that one sort of gets our back up, doesn't it? But it's, but yeah. it's, also, but it's also the creative um, uh, aspect of it as well. It's, you know, like the the you know the, the people working on these games. There, there's no difference between um, like the the love and the effort and the uh, the passion that goes into creating these games than there, there is a film or a mm. TV series or something like that. It's um, you know these guys uh, when they're get to work on a a new car like if there's a new like ferrari or something that go that they've got to put into a game it's like for a 3d modeler who's got a interest in and passion in cars and and motorsport that's like they're gonna love doing that right you know the passion in the in 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 development of these games is 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 just as as big as like the films and and tv industry for sure right well it's been a very interesting talk i don't know have you got any more questions warren no, I, I, I think we've pretty much covered uh, all the bases I could think of, in all honesty. Good so, stuff. Steve, where can people find you, your company, etc.? Uh, simracing.gp. There we go. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just head over there. And you can sort of uh, check us out. Um, also a partner at um, a website called racedepartment.com. It's a sim racing website. We publish news um, about sim racing on there just gone through 2 million members on there which is wow. um uh pretty cool. cool so um i think that that makes us the the biggest sim racing website on the planet now um and um uh yeah you you can catch me on there for sure i'm 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 always present on there 
So cool. excellent. Oops. Thanks for taking the time. Thank, thank you very, you much, very much, guys. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you. Right, let me finish. Let me uh, pause this. <laughs>